Presbyterian Osteos Noster, Nomine Patrius, et Vili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, and that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. as John stood there again with two of his disciples Jesus went past and John looked towards him and said look there is the Lamb of God and the two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus Jesus turned around saw them following and said what do you want this meditation is about the first disciples and so some of them had our Lord pointed out to them as the Lamb of God and they begin to follow him they begin to follow him because they're looking for something John Paul II liked to say that there is a hole in the human heart everybody suffers from a hole in the heart and that hole can only be filled by God and so these early disciples also were looking for something and then we find that Jesus turned round Often the verbs in scripture associated with the holy name can be, well, very simple, very short, but very descriptive and eloquent. Jesus turned. He turns from what he's doing to look at these disciples, the ones that are following him. They were going to be very important. He saw them following and said, what do you want? Other translations say, whom do you seek? They were seeking something or somebody. Maybe they weren't very sure what it was they were seeking, but they knew they needed something. They wanted to satisfy the hole that was there in our, their heart. <clears throat> and they answered, Rabbi, which means teacher, where do you live? And so they begin to ask our Lord questions. And he says, come and see. It's one of the occasions when our Lord uses this word come he often uses the word come all throughout his public life when he's speaking with the disciples he invites them to come to a new divine intimacy with him to get to know him a little better to grow in that friendship and ultimately he's going to say those words in a more dynamic way later on come follow me and i will make you into fishers of men but it all starts with this early following of christ which grows into a friendship and which ultimately grows into a commitment because there's a call there a divine call and so we're also trying to follow jesus christ our master and model <clears throat> he's given us a very personal call Mayo says too, you are mine. We read in the readings of the Mass this morning in the book of Samuel, speak Lord, your servant is listening. Here I am because you have called me. And so our Lord has given us this call, like with the early disciples. We've been chosen like they were. 
The process of that choosing has often been hidden and silent. But our Lord has been working deep in our heart and in our soul over a long period of time. And then at a certain moment, he lets us see that it is him who is calling us. Samuel, in the beginning, wasn't too sure who was calling or why he was being called. <clears throat> it's only after a process that he realizes it is God who is calling. And we have been chosen, not because of what we are, but because of what we have to become. Peter was chosen. He was chosen with all his humanity, with all his weaknesses and miseries. But he was chosen. And each one of the disciples was called to a, a full correspondence. Ecce ego quia vocasti me. Here I am because you have called me. <clears throat> we have to try and look at the quality of our, of our response. The quality of our treasure, how we're taking care of that calling, of that grace, the greatest grace that God could have given to us in our life. How we treasure that, that calling, how we take care of that treasure, polish it up from time to time, see it as the greatest treasure that we have, the lamp that has been lit, we to try and put it on a lampstand, so that we never lose the sense of privilege of the fact that we are called. Passing through Ireland a number of years ago, I had a half an hour with, well, a priest that has a lot to do with my vocation. He's now 80 plus and not so well. But in the 30 minutes that we were speaking, three times he said, we are so lucky in the work. We are so lucky in the work. I don't remember anything else of that 30 minutes of conversation, but I do remember those words that were repeated. What a beautiful thing to say at the end of our life, when we look back over the course of our life, to be able to say, well, we have been so lucky. I guess that's the reality. So lucky about so many things. And so lucky because possibly we look at the lives of other people around us and, well, they've not been so lucky. Or maybe things have turned out a bit of a mess, a great mess sometimes. But yet God has chosen us and looked after us and preserved us, relying also on our initiative, like St. Joseph, to make the right decisions here and there, and to follow the call at all stages of our life. But also with it, always with that sense of treasure, a sense of treasure that leads us to take care of that calling and use it well. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found he whom Moses and the prophets spoke of, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. They responded to this treasure and this call with a very natural reaction to want to spread that to other people. That burned them up on the inside. And so our Lord has called us in the midst of our daily life. In the same way that he called the first disciples. In the midst of their fishing. Or Matthew sitting at the tax collector's place. Our calling is not an obstacle to our professional success. Rather quite the opposite. 
Our calling is the means to our success in every area of our life. We achieve the expansion of the work through our sanctification. St. Paul says we are the ambassadors of Christ. Yesterday they buried a Loretto nun at the age of 101 and seven months. But looking back over the course of her life is rather inspiring. She came to Kenya in 1947. Four years later became principal of Loretto Limuro that had just started 10 years previously. All the early girls had run away because they didn't know what school was. For a mattress, they had sacks with grass stuffed into the into the mattress. They had to dodge the Mau Mau bullets in the 50s. There were Christmases when they didn't have any food. But yet, in spite of all of these challenges, little by little, they hung in there. They persevered. And that school was later to produce a Nobel Peace Prize winner and so many other things and was to be the backbone of the education women's education in the whole of the country in many ways. And so we look at the people who've gone before us and we see inspiring stories. Our calling is a calling to live up to those same sort of standards of self-giving, <clears throat> of hanging in there when there are challenges and contradictions. Because we are the ambassadors of Christ. And when they got their students to the stage of being able to do the Cambridge exam and they sent the girls' papers to be corrected, they kept a carbon copy. In case the ship went down, nothing, but nothing was to stand in the way of the education of these girls. Commitment, dedication, focus. And so we have been sent. Sent not to act in our own name, like any ambassador, but to act in the name of those from whom we have been sent. Ambassadors don't speak on their own behalf. They have a certain dignity, but not coming from themselves. Coming from the fact that they have been, they have been chosen. Usually those ambassadors are very fine people, people you can be proud of, learned, cultured, representative reliable, pillars, talented. But their statue is all on loan. They can also go back to being ordinary citizens. Well, us being ambassadors of Christ have all the same consequences. Ambassadors fulfill their ambassadorial role in all situations. It's not a nine to five job. They're people with a message. They carry that message with them. They personify the message. Whether it's at a cocktail party or whether it's on a sports field. They're there to create a good impression, but with a deeper meaning. In this world, there are ambassadors for all sorts of things. John Lennon became an ambassador for art. Elio Kuchoe becomes an ambassador for, for sport all over the world. There are goodwill ambassadors. And we are the ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors to bring the good news to many different people. You saw your vocation, said our Father in the forge, like one of those pods that contain the seeds. The moment to expand will come and then the seeds will spread out and take root all at once. 
we don't know how God is using us, the things we say, the things we do, to light lamps in other people's lives, so that they can say to our Lord, well, where do you live? And he says, whom do you seek? And they find the answers to those questions for which they're longing. Who are these that fly like clouds, said our father in the forge, and like doves to their nesting places, asked the prophet. And a certain author comments, clouds come up, up from the sea and from the rivers, and after circling about or following their course for a certain length of time, they return once more to their source. And I say to you that this is what you have to be, a cloud which makes the world fertile, making it live the life of Christ. Those divine waters will bathe and drench the very depths of the earth and filter out the many impurities without themselves be being dirtied. They shall give forth sparkling springs, which will later become streams and mighty rivers, able to slake the thirst of mankind. Afterwards, you shall return to your shelter, to your boundless sea, to your God, knowing that the fruits will continue to ripen thanks to the supernatural watering watering done by your apostolate and to the fruitfulness of the waters of God which will last until the end of time. <clears throat> and so we have been chosen. Chosen like the first disciples to go and leave a furrow. God is using us all the time. Using our every word and gesture, every hour of our, of our life to plant in all sorts of places and so we're called to follow Christ that's the secret to be close to him I see myself like a poor little bird said our father accustomed only to making short flights from tree to tree or at most up to a third floor balcony one day in its life it succeeded in reaching the roof of a modest building that you could hardly call a skyscraper and lo and behold, our little bird is snatched up by an eagle who mistakes the bird for one of its own brood. <clears throat> In its powerful talons, the bird is borne higher and higher above the mountains of the earth and the snow-capped peaks, above the white, blue and rose-pink clouds, and higher and higher until they can look right into the sun. And then the eagle lets go of the little bird and says, off you go, fly. Lord, may I never flutter again close to the ground. May I always be enlightened by the rays of the divine Son, Christ, in the Eucharist. May my flight never be interrupted until I find repose in your heart. And so we're called to follow Christ, to live with him. Master, where do you live? We're called to follow him so closely that we come to live with him like the first apostles did. So closely that we become identified with him. And soon we'll be able to say, provided we haven't put obstacles in the way of grace, that we've put on, have clothed ourselves with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're called not in spite of our weaknesses, but because of our weaknesses. <clears throat> so that the work can be truly seem to be his. <clears throat> God is the one acting all the time. He's the one who makes us holy. And so come, creator spirit, 
Fill the hearts of your faithful. Transform us in all sorts of ways. <clears throat> Help us to do things in this new year of St. Joseph with greater love. Like Joseph did things with greater love all the time. When we do things with more love, well, they acquire more perfection. When we do things according to our spirit, they acquire more value before God. Our fidelity is very valuable before him. We might not lose our vocation because of some major bad thing that we do, murdering somebody, bringing down the stock market. But we could lose our calling through our neglect. Neglect of our expense account each month, or neglect of this fraternal correction, <clears throat> or neglect of the plan of life that we're called to practice in a daily way, or some aspects of our family spirit. Some little negligence in our commitment of love. Our love is repaid with love. And so St. Joseph helped me be a more loving son of God. To respond like you did to all the challenges that God may, may ask of us. Our calling from God will, can be dangerous. We could find ourselves on the other side of the world. We could find ourselves doing something that we never dreamt of. It's calling to a complete availability. Don Alvaro says that availability is one of the signs of souls who deal a lot with the Holy Spirit. So we're available for anything. The sky is the limit. Like St. Joseph. Go here, go there. Change your plans. Have the door shut in your face. In your face. But take whatever comes. That's the meaning of vocation. Hang in there in Egypt for an undisclosed period of time. A famous writer once asked Mother Teresa, how do we live out our vocation? She said, well, spend one hour in adoration every day and never do anything you know is wrong. You will be all right. So there are very simple rules and few regulations. There's a few simple things we have to try and do that keeps us on the right track, but we have to follow that track. Our father preached a meditation in the oratory of Montaner on the 21st of June, 1946, I think it was, before embarking on the trip to Rome. And he made use of those words of Peter. Behold, we have left all things and followed you. What will become of us who have left everything to follow you? Lord, would you have permitted that I, with all my good will, deceive so many souls? But I have done it all for your glory and knowing that it is your will. Is it possible for the Holy See to tell us that we have come a century too soon? I have never wanted to fool anyone. I have only wanted to serve you. And I turn out now to be a trickster. And so our Father asks our Lord these questions with great sincerity. But we know that 
God is there. He's the good shepherd bringing us along the way. If we were to ever find ourselves at a stage in our vocation where we ask similar questions, if we don't know the future, if we got a bit lost, if we have to discern what step we're to take, well, we can try and remember our divine filiation and leave ourselves completely in the hands of God because that's where we've been chosen. The day of salvation, said our Father in the forge of eternity, has come for us. Once again, the call of the divine shepherd can be heard. Those affectionate words, I have called you by your name. Just like our mother, said our Father, he calls us by our name. By the name we're fondly called at home by our nickname. And there in the depths of your soul, he calls us. And we just have to answer, here I am because you have called me. And this time I'm determined not to let time flow by like water over the pebbly bed of a stream, leaving no trace behind. <coughs> We've come to leave our mark. We leave our mark with our holiness, with our correspondence, to all the graces that God has given to us. We try and have a trusting relationship with the Master, like the Twelve. Lord, is it I? They're all aware that they're capable of the most terrible things. But they try to stay close to him. We know there will be difficulties, like the first disciples had difficulties. There are plenty of examples from the life of Christ himself, from his followers, from our Father, from all the saints. But you also know that we're asked to have a, a deep determination to seek holiness in Oprah's day. This is what it's all about. And whatever things may come my way, well, this is God's pathway for me. So that I'm not ruled by my feelings. I feel like this, I feel like that. I feel like it, I don't feel like it. I like it, I don't like it. We, we don't function on the law of feelings. Everybody feels the pull of certain circumstances, family circumstances, professional circumstances, pulls at the heart, pulls at money, pull of physical details, difficulties, or age difficulties, or health difficulties. But we know that in and through all of these things, God is working. He wants us to have an inner toughness to live out our vocation in spite of all the circumstances. We're called to place Christ on the top of all things. We know that our work is not an end in itself. At least we know it in theory, but possibly not in practice. We know an awful lot of things in theory. We're flooded with ideas from formation all the time. The challenge is to put them into practice, to make our plan of life compatible with the most intense personal work. Bear in mind, said our Father, that you're not just a soul who has joined other souls in order to do a good thing. That's a lot, but it's still little. You are the apostle who's carrying out an imperative command of Christ. I remember a priest in the Philippines, older priest who has passed on now, saying, well, the, the way is an uphill climb. It's a tough, manly struggle. This challenge, that difficulty, that other problem. And day by day and hour by hour, that's how we go forward. But he said, there comes a moment when you look back 
When you look back, you see the enormity of things that have been achieved. And so God is using our effort to achieve greater things, to change culture. We're like the apostles, like the first disciples, ordinary people, but transformed by God's grace, imitating Christ's sense of mission, finding our identity as the apostles of our Lord. We're being transformed into Christ. That's what holiness is. Our Lord wants us to engrave in our heart that each one is called to this goal. God wants me in particular to be a saint. He's created me. He's elevated me to the order of grace. He's redeemed me. He's given me many graces because he loves me a lot. And on whether our life grows in the way that he wants it to grow, well, to a large extent, also depends on us. He doesn't go away our freedom. And so, Lord, help me to want the goals of my vocation like a miser wants his gold, like a sensualist wants his pleasure. Help me to ingrain more deeply in my heart and soul the key areas and the key ideas that our Father has transmitted to us. Everyone wants to change the world, but few want to do it by changing themselves. The message of personal sanctification is not so much that we convert China or Alaska or some faraway place, but that we convert ourselves. We can't change China if we don't change ourselves. We can want big things, but we can forget about ourselves. And in the work where we're taught to change, to go higher, to have a passion for sanctity, to renew our eagerness for this goal of our vocation with the human and supernatural enthusiasm. Lord, may I never lose my eagerness. May I, my whole life, like the whole of creation, give you glory. I remember a supernumerary in another country who had been 10 years in the work, going to a seminar for supernumeraries and coming back and saying, well, you know, the main thing I learned on this seminar is that we're not just here to sanctify our work. We're here to be holy. It's like a big discovery. Sometimes the central messages of our vocation take time to seep in. They need graces. They need lights from the Holy Spirit. They're the seeds that have been sown that germinate over time and produce those deep ideas and deeper awareness of some of the central ideas. And a necessary part of that personal holiness is apostolate. We know that the basis of all the apostolate of Opus Dei is the personal apostolate of each one of the members. Not the centre, not the priest, but the personal apostolate that I do. We could have a whole pile of people in contact, but we might have very little personal apostolate. And so we have to try and go back and begin again. Begin to climb. Begin again by asking the Master, where do you stay? Because we have the idea that it's you that I'm seeking. And it's in you I'm going to find the meaning and the purpose of my life. And so we could ask Our Lady to 
give a nudge to St. Joseph to help us to see in this year of St. Joseph deeper ideas with a greater clarity about our calling so that we can bring it all to its ultimate consequences. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.